Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday Morning with the Love in Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. I hope your weekend is going great. I hope you're having a good Sunday morning, and I hope you are ready to dive into the Word of God as we continue our study of the 50 Commands of Christ. Let me encourage you to take notes this morning if you are able. Don't drive and take notes, okay? <laughs> we encourage people at Love and Action when we do this study there to use note cards if you can because you can write those commands out, write the key verse next to it, put it up on your refrigerator or wherever you can put it up so you can be reminded each week of what the commands of Christ we studied the previous week. And you can also print out all 50 on one piece of paper and put it on your refrigerator as Martha has done at our house. And it's a great reminder of these commands that we are studying, that we need to learn, that we need to obey, and that we need to teach others as Jesus tells us to do in his great commission. But before we get into the Word of God today, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, you are so awesome. Your love is indescribable. But I just want to say thank you for loving us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the salvation that you purchased for us, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for raising Jesus back to life on the third day. And all who believe shall not perish but have eternal life. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for being Lord of all, Jesus. You are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. And there's no other God but you, Father. And Father, I just want to lift up each person listening today. You know right where all of us are at, right at this very moment. You know everything that's going on in all of our lives. And Father, I just want to lift each person up to you. Pray for your blessings, for your healing. Pray for your provision. And most of all, I pray for your salvation for those who have not surrendered to you, Jesus. I pray today will be their day that they call out upon your name, Jesus, and be saved. Because there is no other name by which we can be saved, only Jesus. So, Father, we ask you to bless this time as we open up your word and we study your commands, Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will teach us, lead us, and guide us into all your truths. And may we apply your word to our lives, Father God. May we be doers of your word and not hearers only. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, do you have your cup of coffee ready? Or... Maybe you're like me this morning, you have a cup of hot tea. I have nothing against coffee. Those who know me know I enjoy coffee, but this morning I have hot tea. So that's what I'm going with this morning. We are at command number 24, and that is fear God, do not fear man. Let's read the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, and then we will read Luke chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. So first, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. And do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Now Luke 12, 4 and 5. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. We read here about the soul. Fear him who can destroy both soul and body. So what is Jesus talking about here when he's talking about soul? Well, let's look at Psalms chapter 35 verses 9 through 10 first. It says, Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and the light in his salvation. 
My whole being will exclaim, Who is like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and the needy from those who rob them. So the soul here, as used in Psalms, as in much of the Bible, including what we read in in the New Testament with Matthew and and Luke, is talking about your very self as, as a living, conscious, personal being. All of you, your whole being, all of us have a soul. We're going to go on beyond this physical life when this flesh, this body gives out. Our soul will live on. And so the thing is, are we going to live on with Jesus in heaven or is our soul going to eternal torment in hell? So that's why you always hear me talking about and praying about people giving their lives to Jesus because there is a heaven, there is a hell, and our soul will go to one or the other for all eternity, and it depends on what we do with Jesus here on earth. Do we serve him? Do we surrender our lives to him? Or do we deny him? Oh, if you're out there listening and you hadn't made that decision, I'm encouraging you, pleading with you, don't deny Jesus. He loves you so much. He loves us all just the same. Just because I'm on this radio station teaching the Word of God doesn't mean that God loves me more than he loves you. No, he doesn't. He loves us all the same. He died for all of us. And I just encourage you to call out to him this morning, ask him to forgive you of your sins, ask him to save you, to make you whole, make you new again. And he will, he will renew your spirit and confess him as Lord over your life. And just let him know, I believe Jesus, you died and rose again. And he will save you, he will forgive you, and you shall have eternal life. And that's the most important step we can take. And then from there, he says, follow me. And so that's why we teach studies like the 50 Commands of Christ. That's why we, we are so much about discipleship at Love and Action. That's why mine and Martha's life is about telling people about Jesus and making disciples because that's the most important thing here on earth. So our soul, we all have a soul. Where's your soul going when your time on earth is over? Oh, I pray you're going to heaven. I encourage you to give your life to Jesus today if you haven't already. This command that Jesus gives us is to fear God and do not fear man. So we're talking about persecution here from man. We've talked before in, in the command number 23, we talked about it. The possibilities of being persecuted for our faith in the U.S. Is that a real possibility? And yes, it is. As of right now, not to the extent as in other places around the world, but persecution can definitely happen, and especially in forms of being rejected by friends, being rejected by family. Those are the type of persecutions people face daily here in the U.S. As I mentioned, it's not as extreme as in other parts of the world where people are actually killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. But people have died in the U.S. because they believe in Jesus, but just not to the level that we see in other countries. But that day very well could come, and we need to make sure that we're ready and understand this command. If all they can do is kill our bodies, we really don't need to fear that because what's going to happen next? We're going to be of Jesus if we're believers in Christ and say we're persecuted unto death. Well, we don't need to fear those people who are wanting to kill us because they can't send us to hell. They don't have that authority. They could just kill our flesh. But again, if we're believers in Christ, we will be with Jesus right away. And there's nothing better than that. So the word of God tells us, Jesus is telling us, don't fear man, but fear God. So should we serve God because we're afraid of him? No, we don't. 
We don't need to serve God because we're afraid of him. We need to serve God because we love him. God is all-powerful, yes. He is almighty, yes. But he's also all-loving, and he loves us. And again, he sent his son to save us. God is so faithful, and he is so loving, and he wants us with him forever. So, no, we don't serve him because we're afraid of him. We serve him because we love him. We can praise God. We can worship him. We can hold him in awe. And that's, that's that fear we're talking about here. Hold God in awe that he is God Almighty. And he does hold us in the palm of his hands. But we need to hold him in awe by walking in his ways. When we walk in the ways of God, there's so much blessing in that. There's so much power in that. There's so much love in that. And so how can we show God that we love him? Well, let's read 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. John writes, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commands. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So how can we show God that we love him? By obeying his commands. And it says there, John writes, his commands are not burdensome, and truly they are not. Jesus gives us these commands on how to live our lives because he loves us and he wants the best for us. So if we obey him, we follow him, we're getting life that is real life because Jesus is the real life. And so we're following him and we're obeying him and we're showing him how much we love him by obeying his word. Not just reading the word. James tells us, don't just read the word. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. And so we've got to be about our father's business and just be in his word as much as we can and just love him with all that's within us. So fear God, do not fear man. Number 25, listen to God's voice. Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now this command is repeated over again, verb, nearly verbatim in the gospel of Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. Matthew 13, verse 43 Mark chapter 4, verse 23, and Luke 14, verse 35. So we see this in five different places, pretty much verbatim. So Jesus is really wanting us to get this. He's telling us, who has ears to hear, let them hear. And Jesus often gave this simple command after telling parables. As you read the Gospels, you'll notice Jesus says this often. So what did Jesus mean by this? He who has ears to hear, let them hear. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, Jesus states this as a negative, actually. And this fulfills the prophecy that Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9, where we read, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. So this is the fulfillment of this prophecy when Jesus says that. And this was with respect of the coming of the Messiah. That's what Isaiah was, was writing about. And the Jews... Although hearing the sermons Jesus preached, with or without parables, they heard the sound of his voice, but they did not understand our Messiah's words. 
internally, spiritually, or experientially. Also, while they clearly saw the miracles of Jesus, which were facts that could not be denied, I mean, they happened right there in front of them and in front of many other witnesses, they did not equate them as evidence or proof of his Messiahship. So this command, he who has ears, let him hear, Jesus is telling listeners that the parables often had hidden or deeper meanings. And we see that in Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23. And let's read that. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a little while, and then tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. So Jesus is saying, if you hear what I'm saying, and if you do what I'm saying, then you're going to have that understanding, and you're going to bear much fruit. But we see that sometimes people hear the word, they don't understand it, and the enemy comes in and snatches it right away. And other times, the cares of the world will cause people to turn and not listen to Jesus. So this saying challenges listeners to dig, dig deeper into the Word of God, dig deeper into His Word to further understand the full truth of our Lord's commands, of our Lord's words. And I think about, would this command likely broaden His audience, or would it make His audience smaller? When Jesus is saying, Look, you're not going to understand everything I'm saying right off the bat. So some people would take that as a challenge and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen and I'm going to dig into it. I'm going to study what he's saying so I can understand it. And others, it would probably be a turnoff and feel like Jesus was disrespecting them, saying that they wouldn't understand, so they'd just kind of tune them out. So think about where you are in this group. Are you among the group who says, you know what, Jesus is speaking or as you read God's word, God is speaking to me. And while I don't understand everything, I'm going to dig deeper into his word. And I'm going to seek him more so I can understand what God is saying to me. Or are you among that group that says, well, you know what? I can't understand it, so I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to listen. Well, please don't be among that group. When we read the word of God, we have to remember it's God's word. Now, who can understand everything there is to know about God? nobody. If anybody says they do, well, they're a liar and the truth ain't in them. <laughs> God is so much smarter than we are. As the word says, his thoughts are and his ways are so much higher than ours. But if we will read his word, we will listen to his word and study it. Don't just read it and say, well, I don't really see what he's saying there. So let me go to the next verse or next chapter or next book. Don't do that. Stop and, and pray, Holy Spirit, I need you to teach me. And I often pray that before I read his word, because the Holy Spirit will teach us. That's one of the many things that the Holy Spirit does. And just ask him to help you to understand. And then just focus on that scripture and let God speak to you. Don't just turn a deaf ear to it. 
because God's word speaks to us. And that's a main way that God will speak to his children is through his word. There is a second aspect to this command of Jesus, which we can find in the Old Testament. Let's read 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Several Bible versions uh, translates that low whisper into the phrase, a still small voice. In this instance, where we read in 1 Kings, the scripture does not focus on the meaning of what we read or what we hear, but whether we hear something at all. Chances are God will not speak to you or me from a burning bush like he did Moses. Chances are he won't speak to us through a hurricane wind or through an earthquake, but in a very quiet inner voice, perhaps when you least expect it. That happens to me quite a bit. I'm not even expecting it, and I hear that still, small voice speak to me. People will ask, well, how do you know when God's speaking to you? Well, as I mentioned earlier, through his word, he does. But then, like we're talking about here, that low whisper, that still, small voice, you just hear it, and I know it's going to sound weird, but you hear it in your heart. And again, it's hard to explain, but it's God speaking to you. And you just know. You know you know his voice because he's God. He's our father. It's just like when I was a child and my father, my earthly father, called my name. I knew that voice. I didn't have to see him. All I had to do was hear that voice. I knew that was, that was daddy. He was calling me. And so it's the same way when our heavenly father calls us. We just know his voice. There's no doubt about it. We need to listen. When we hear that still, small voice, we need to listen to our Heavenly Father because He's always going to lead us in the right way, always. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We are halfway there now. I won't break out singing that Bon Jovi song, Halfway There, Living on a Prayer, and y'all can be thankful for that. But (laughs) we are halfway through the 50 Commands. I hope you realize that I'm not a teacher who's going to just rush through something just so we can finish it. I want us to understand God's Word, and it's okay if it takes a while. And please do that in your own personal study. Don't just try to just breeze through something and say, hey, I I studied the Gospel of John or whatever. Take your time. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. This life, we are in a race, Paul tells us about, but we're not in a race to breeze through God's Word and not understand it. Let's take our time and let's go through his word and let's let the Holy Spirit teach us and let his word just be ingrained, be written upon our hearts. Command 26, Jesus says, take my yoke. And let's read Matthew chapter 11, verse 19. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. I tell you, when I just read that, peace comes over me. Jesus says that we yoke up with him, 
and he is gentle, he is lowly in heart, and I will find rest for my soul. That just gives me a whole lot of peace. And I hope it does you too as you read that. But what does Jesus mean by this command, take my yoke? Well, let's read more. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 15. Jesus says, For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And then Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And then 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. And 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walks. So basically, Jesus is telling us about take my yoke. He is saying, follow his example. We must follow the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and obey him. Jesus says that you will learn from me and you will find rest for your soul and will be at peace. We all need to be at peace, don't we? This world needs to be at peace. How much chaos is out there? It's just crazy. We need peace. And you know what? You and I have the answer for peace. His name is Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. As we read this, we can look at it and say, well, is this a new command that Jesus has given us? And actually, no, it's not. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 in the Old Testament. The prophet writes, And your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. And then Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. We see some similarities here, don't we? Talking about walk in this way, follow God. We'll have peace if we do. But I want to point out here in Jeremiah that we see the the people said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to obey the voice of the Lord. That's never a good thing. Never a good thing to say, I'm not going to obey God. If you read through the rest of that chapter, Jeremiah chapter 6, you will see that the Lord replies that he will punish the people so they stumble and that they'll be put to shame, that they will be defeated by other nations and taken into exile, and that friends and neighbors shall all perish and that they shall be rejected by the Lord. So the previous verse reads, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. So in stressful situations, here's what we need to do. We need to pause We need to think to ourselves, you know, maybe I don't have the answer. In other words, be humble. As we read in in that key verse, Matthew 11, 19, that Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. That means he is humble. And so we need to be like Jesus. We need to be humble as well. And then we need to pray with absolute certainty that God will answer. So let's don't be like the children of Israel as, as we read throughout the Old Testament of so much disobedience. Through that, we see the faithfulness of God and we see the love of God that he has for his people. But as I think about the children of Israel, I think about us Americans. And there's not much difference in that we've disobeyed God so much as a country, as a people. But God is faithful and we can turn to him. Every time the children of Israel, they turn back to God and he forgave them and he restored them. And so we're talking about being yoked with Jesus. So how do you get yoked with Jesus? 
a yoke, talking about in a farming sense, and, and especially back in that time, we actually see this in other countries that we go to, in the third world nations we have been blessed to visit. It's a wooden device that's used to bind two animals to make hauling a shared burden. So one animal's not carrying the whole burden that's being shared by the two animals. And so Jesus is telling us, look, be yoked with me, and I'm going to help you through this life. Walk after me. Follow me. Do as I do, and you're going to be blessed. You're going to find peace, and I'm going to help you carry these burdens in your life. And what an awesome promise that is. You know, when I read things like this about Jesus, it just blows my mind because he's already done everything way more than I deserve, way more than any of us deserves. When he went to that cross and he died for us, there's no greater act of love than that. And and he bore our sins on that cross. And then he rose again. God raised him back to life on the third day. And now he's telling us, look, I love you. I want to show you even more how much I love you. Be yoked together with me, and I will carry your burdens. We, we even read that we are to put our burdens on Jesus, cast our burdens to Jesus, because he'll carry them for us. That's an awesome Savior. He is so awesome, and he's so loving, and he's so powerful, and he's just so wonderful. And so if we will obey this command to be yoked with Jesus, he tells us we will find rest for our souls. And let's look at Psalms 116, verse 7. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. So see the blessings that God gives us as we obey his word. We can find rest for our souls. And God will deal with us bountifully. God wants to bless us. Too many times people have this very, very wrong view of God. They think that he's this big God who's got this baseball bat just waiting to knock us upside the head. That's not it at all. God is big. He is a big God. But he is waiting to love us. He wants us to turn to him. He wants us to look at him as our father. See, that's the relationship that he wants with each one of us. It's happened all the way back in the Garden of Eden when he created Adam and he created Eve. It was to be a relationship. We see where they were walking through the garden together. You imagine just being in this absolutely beautiful place and just hanging out with God? <laughs> it, it's beautiful, and that's what God wants. So you see, sin separates us. Disobedience, that sin, separates us from God, separates us from that relationship. But Jesus came to bring us back to the Father. So we have this opportunity to be in relationship with the one true God as his child. That is awesome. That's mind-blowing. But that's God. That's the God we serve. So Jesus says, be yoked with him. And we're going to end right there with number 26. So we'll pick up on 27 next week. But I hope you understand how much Jesus loves you. And I hope you understand how important it is to know his word and to obey his word. When we obey his word, we follow him. It's just, it's an awesome life. And there's so many blessings in it as well. So I just want to encourage you, study these commands that we went over today. And if you've missed some of these teachings on the 50 Commands of Christ, you can go back to our podcast. We post them all there on the Love in Action podcast. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much anywhere you get a, you get your favorite podcast. 
You can probably find the Love and Action podcast as well. Uh, encourage you to subscribe, and you can listen to to this teaching of the Fifty Commands of Christ. And if you missed any of them, you can catch up with them and other uh, messages that we post on there as well. But most of all, I want you to know Jesus loves you. He loves you so much, and I pray that you will experience His love at even higher levels than you ever have before. And again, if you haven't given your life to Him, I encourage you to do that today. If you have any questions about the 50 commands, or if you have any questions about following Jesus, giving your life to Jesus, please contact me. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com, ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com, or you can call us. Our Love in Action phone number is 334 Thank you again for joining me today. I hope you have a wonderful day and an awesome week coming up. And I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.